What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Gaelic Gridiron Podcast. We're back after a bit of a, a hiatus, uh, and I'm delighted to be joined for the first episode back by Mr. Aaron Perez of the Punt Factory. Aaron, welcome. Hey, man. Thanks uh, for having me, Jimmy, man. I'm excited to have a chat with you. Uh, I believe it was your, your birthday during the week. So first of all, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, 37 years young, man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, did you get up to editing fun? How, how was it or were you working? No, no. I mean, you know, actually, it was that was the day, to be fair, that I heard about Dan. Um, I got a call from from uh, his agent, our agent, and, and mom, and she told me that, you know, keep it on the low down, but he made the fifth. That was the best birthday present I could ask for as a coach, man. So hung out with my boy and my wife and, and uh, you know, celebrated Dan. It was a good day. Yeah, absolutely. A, a big day here as well when, we, when that news was breaking through, and we'll touch on that a little bit later. But first of all, you were a you know, you were a punter yourself in the in Division One college football. You played for the UCLA UCLA Bruins. Yep. So can, can you kind of you know tell me about life as a as a college football specialist in in that kind of environment? Yeah, I mean, obviously the game now is a lot different. So I, I played uh, from two thousand four to two thousand eight, um, which at, at that time was in the Pac ten, not the Pac twelve. Um, you know. Being a specialist at that level, I mean, even then, um, it's a lot of pressure, right? Um, it's kind of like being a goalkeeper. You know, you're in your own kind of part of the dressing room. You know, during practice, you have your own set-aside time periods. Um, nowadays, these boys have a, a massive much – they're much more connected to the fan via social media. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys, I mean, even our, our specialists will, you know, deactivate a Twitter or an Instagram during season – um, but, you know, it, it was a blessing to be able to play at, at UCLA. It's a phenomenal university um, out on the west side of Los Angeles, you know, playing at the Rose Bowl. You know, and I think for me, the, the biggest thing I always tell people I take away from is I had a great experience and I try to use all of that, you know, into my coaching now. Um, it's just when the, when the boys are saying, hey, coach, you know, what are you doing a backed up punt or when they're rushing or whatever, it's like, hey, you know, I've been through that. I've, I've lived that. I've seen that. So um, it was a great experience. I had I met a lot of awesome people, but, you know, now I just put it all into my coaching with the with the young lads. I read online on the Punt Factory website that you once, uh, well, you probably would have more played against him more than once, the legendary Reggie Bush back there returning punts. <laughs> and I believe the quote online is he did nothing, but I'm curious to know what it was like punting against, you know, such a character who was known for his explosive returns. So I, I was lucky enough to go actually against a couple big returners. Reggie was one of them. I actually got housed by Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, but <laughs> my freshman year, that game was the big game that was being built up. We were, I think, seven or eight and zero. Oh. They were obviously undefeated, and you know our campuses, for those that don't know, are about. I mean, if there's no traffic, which is impossible, about 15, 20 minutes. I mean, it's yeah, pretty close. And that week, you know, you're kind of waiting up for it. We had a bye week. And for the old head college football fans, if they remember, the week before we played them, they played Fresno State. And he had 500-plus yards of offense by himself. 500-plus total Crazy. yards. And I was actually – well, a lot of people know this. But I was actually at a casino with my mates because we, <laughs> we, we had an off week. It's called Morongo. And I remember stopping there and we were looking at the TV and my boys were like, you're going to punt to that guy next week. And I'm like, don't jinx it. Um, 
But by the time he had a meaningful, like by the time he was able to return a punt, it was like 40 to nothing. So okay. he had no incentive to actually try. Yeah. <laughs> by 40 to nothing to the Trojans. Yeah, we lost 66 to oh. 19. Yeah. Okay, sorry to bring sorry to bring it up. So <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but you know, just being on the same field as him and, and Matt, and you know, at that time, some of the guys that are now pretty much all retired. But but yeah, give and I hey, it pains me to say because I hate that school. But give that man his Heisman back. He's one of the greatest players of all time. You know, he's a he's a phenomenal yeah. player. I mean, you you were playing college football in a, in its heyday, really. You know the height of the the hype around college football, and when it was at in, I mean, during the glory days, who would you say would have been your your inspiration during your playing days? If you could pick one person, oh gosh, um, you know, we. I first of all, to your first point, I would agree with you. I, I'm a traditionalist. Mm. I love the Pac-10. You know, again, Pac-10, Pac-12. Playing uh, the, pack, the-, the pack two now, whatever, whatever's left of it after it's yeah. been decimated. It, crazy. Um, I, I think looking back, I, I, I used to watch guys like Jeff Fiegels, who was a punter for the giants at the time, Brad Maynard. And there was a guy called Mike Seifries who actually now small world helped coach Dan down in San Diego this last year. Yeah. And he was a, a punter for the chargers. Um, and I'd watch those guys and just try to learn because, you know, like I said, you you really couldn't just go on YouTube and find hours of punting film. You know, there wasn't a lot of punting coaching or kicking coaching at that point. It was kind of a couple companies spread out across the country. So I'd say those guys, when I got a chance, if they were showing a Giants game on a Sunday to watch. But, um, you know, a lot of it at that time was just other guys in the Pac-10 and, you know, punters that came b- before you that you would have played against. Yeah. So I suppose drawing inspiration from within, within the own, the brotherhood of, of specialist players in the NFL and in college. Yeah. I mean, you know, UCLA at that time was really specialist U. Um, Chris Saylor, All-American, two-time All-American. Nate Fixie, All-American. Chris Cluey played eight years in the NFL. You know, myself and then Jeff Locke, who played six years in the NFL. Um, and I went to school during my four years with two Lou Groza winners, which was Justin Medlock and Kai Forbath. Mm. So, you know, the the standard, although you don't, I guess you didn't, I, I didn't know it at the time, to be put in that category and, and be on the record books with those type of players. I mean, those guys are legends. So you kind of had to hold yourself to a high standard as well because UCLA, you know, is such a historically powerhouse school of sports. You know, with all basketball American and, and or other a, sports. You know, so, and so, I mean, just everything you, just, you walk you know, around getting and people were winning gold medals and national an championships. And, like that where everyone um, you meet. It was just a great, I mean, we'd you come know, back from summer of. break and go to camp, Jimmy, and be in the cold tub. And two of the track girls would walk in and you'd be like, hey, you know, they, hey, how's your summer? Oh, good. You know, I just would hear taking summer school. What about you? Oh, I won silver medal in Beijing. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> no way. So, I mean, just a just a, a great experience to be a young person amongst so many high level, high character people. No, absolutely. And is that what inspired you then, Aaron, to become a to become a coach and tra- to transition it into the coaching side of things to be able to lend all the experience you gained as as a college football player to the up and coming generation? You know, 
obviously I'd be lying if I say, I, I you know, as like any athlete, you know, I, I signed with the Patriots for about a month and, and did some other camps. And I always thought, hey, I'm, I'm going to play. But I, I'm a, you know, religious guy. I, I'm a believer in, I have faith. And I, and I look back and I, I really now think I was just getting all of the information and experience to then give it to kids for the next, you know, rest of my life. Yeah. And, um, I never knew that it would turn into what it did. Um, but I mean, I, I pretty much started coaching almost as soon as I got to college. Um, and then really meeting some of the coaches I met, you know, during and post UCLA and then not making it and coming to that realization was, okay, I want to now give to the next generation, everything that I wish I had had. There wasn't a lot of coaches, Jimmy, at that time from, yeah. from 04. And, and so I kind of thought, okay, like if I can now be that guy for other guys and then it's, you know, being connected with Chris Saylor and these guys, I mean, just it's blown up to what it is. Um, and then obviously the boys have made it even better because of their accomplishments over, over the years. Yeah, so you, you were really able to draw on your own personal experiences and learning as a college football punter to be able to, I mean, you, you, you were talking from, a, from a, a place of knowledge and experience, having been in their shoes and knowing what it takes to, to make it at that level and, and beyond. Yeah, I mean, it's at, at early on, you know, 2010, 2011, I started traveling with, with Sailor, who had obviously at that point now has a very established business. And every camp he would do around the country, I would just coach the punters. And it was, it was 13, 14. I was living in San Diego, La Jolla. And I was coaching down there a couple boys, most notably Jake Bailey, um, who's now punting for the Dolphins. And then I would drive back up to Los Angeles a couple hours away and coach a couple boys. That, and that group collectively went to Johns Hopkins, Kansas, and Stanford, Arkansas, Oregon, Fresno State. And we were on the field one day and one of the boys said, Hey, this is like a punting factory, man. This is crazy. And I'm like, okay, that sounds really cool. And hashtags were just becoming yeah. big, you know, Instagram. And um, I was like, man, that's really cool. But punting factory is too long. And we kind of formed it. But, but yeah, I mean, at that time I was still drawing off just everything that I had learned from from guys, you know, the, the sailors, Tom ruins, the guys of the world that I had gotten a chance to work with and just pouring it all into the sessions, the time with the boys, you know, and then, like, like I said, they obviously make you look good when they go on and do great things. But you were serving as the director of punting and still do with, with the Chris sailor kicking Academy, but then you, you kind of branched out on your own to form the punt factory. Mm-hmm. So, so spe specializing towards punters, obviously. Yeah. So you have a lot of guys here and, and, and I say this as delicately as possible, right? But you have a lot of specialist coaches here in America. I mean, it's a business, right? And, you know, Jimmy, they're coaching, snapping and kicking. And I understand it because it's the market. And, but for me, I, I always just thought, well, I've never kicked a meaningful field goal in a game. I've never blocked anybody, but I have punted across every, so I'm just going to focus everything and try to become you know, this niche of a niche coach and specialize in the punters. Um, and, you know, Sailor really did give me a, a massive platform to kind of get experienced in organizing camps, running camps, evaluation, how to, you know, compare multiple players at one time. 
And then, you know, from that 2013, you know, 2014 time, you know, kind of putting my own character into it, my own experiences into it. And then, like I said, you know, kind of evolving with the, the, the business now with the college camps and the recruiting side and all these things. But yeah, like any good coach, you just learn from the coaches before you and then put your own spin on things and stick to a philosophy that, that you feel works. So as part of working with Chris Sater, you would have coached our own Dan Whelan <laughs> when he was back at, back in high school and at UC Davis. Did you Could you see anything special in him then, Aaron, that said to you, this kid is going to go far in his career oh, as a yeah. hunter? So, and Dan and I laughed about this the other day. So, Dan's story, I don't know how much you've, I, I know there's been a lot of articles about him recently, but when when Dan, so where I grew up in LA, kind of on the east side in, in Pomona, Dan lived out in the Palm Springs kind of desert area. So it wasn't that far, it was about an hour. And he, we met at a camp, at a Chris Haler camp, we worked once or twice privately, and then we didn't work again for a while. And I saw him in February of his senior year. He showed up for a camp. He called me in June or June or July of that year going into UC Davis, and he goes, can we train? I said, sure, absolutely. Let's get you ready. And he shows up to the session, and I said, so how you been punting? He goes, well, I don't know. I said, well, when's the last time you punted? He goes, well, when did I see you last? I said, February at that camp. He goes, yeah, that's when I punted. I said, Dan, you're going to be leaving the college in three weeks, buddy. What are we doing here? And I still somewhere in my phone have a video from that session. You know, he's wearing a tank top. and But there was a reason that he had received a full scholarship because the kid was, you know, six foot five, long, lanky. Yeah. And he had a... a, a cannon of a leg and if you if you know or you ever get a chance to speak to dan hawkins who was his college coach still the head coach at uc davis that's his style he loves the big strong yeah he's also a well-traveled he likes the international player so dan whalen just fit everything about what hawkins wanted um but really from that point on jimmy you know we we started training every break Every time he was back home down in Southern California, you know, if I would travel up to the Bay Area for any camps or anything, he would uh, come out. I mean, we he's probably one of the most one of the guys that coached the most during their college experience ever. Be just because, you know, his mom, Ann, is was so supportive and so, you know, Aaron, what do we need to do? Yeah. You know, how do we need to get down better? Where are you going to be? Let's just meet. Let's make it work. Um, and, and so it just became a, a long relationship and there was a point when he was going into his last year, I want to say we did a session in Ontario. Um, and I still have the film of that. I can, I can email it to you after, but where I, I, I just said, dude, you, you have it because he just, he just, he was hitting the ball that there wasn't a lot of people in the world that can hit consistently yeah um, and it was just a really cool culmination of like watching him be this kid that was like not truly under like i don't want to speak for him like but but didn't realize how big playing college football was and kind of those first couple of weeks you know he didn't he didn't play and to being an all-american and, and going i mean just his transition you know was was awesome to be a part of and watch 
And that transition and that growth is finally bearing fruit now as he's he's on the cusp of becoming the first Irish man to play in the NFL in about 40 years. I mean, for you as his coach, that must be just absolutely awesome to see that happening. I like my part in their life. And I always say this, right. Is like, it's so, I, I would hope it's, it's, I would hope people and they feel like it's a big part, you know, cause I, to say I'm his coach is, is a blessing, but I mean, that kid has earned everything that kid has earned. I mean, he has gone and done the training camps, the free agent camps, the senior camps, you know, he went to the XFL. Um, and, and, you know, it's one thing to get there, but you still have to perform. Yeah. You know, um, and then to kind of follow along with him while he was competing against Pat O'Donnell, who is, a le- I mean, a, a legend, a veteran, you know, those guys don't typically lose their spot, Yeah, you know, to, to, to get the call from, from Ann and then, you know, his agent Carter, um, it was like, unbelievable. I mean, just, I just texted Ann I, and I, excuse me, I just said, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Because it's just like yeah. he did a great a, gr- a great sense of accomplishment for for everyone involved in, in, in the whole process. Absolutely. I mean, and then you start to realize exactly why we're on this podcast. Right? Like, it's bigger than just him making the Packers. I mean, it's a country that football I, I'm sure is growing there just from yeah. what I kind of see. But forty years to not have a player, and you guys are you have an athletic population. I mean, you have the Gaelic football, the soccer, the rugby, but to not have an NFL player, arguably one of the biggest sports in the world, and now have Dan go, I mean, again, it's yeah. just looking at it from the outside. I mean, it's 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 such a special moment. I'm sure you've been keeping track on the up-and-coming college football players coming out of the Emerald Isle. I mean, most recently, or most most notably, Ross Balger committing to, to Idaho State mm-hmm. um, to play there for two years. I mean, and even, you know, predecessor to Ross and Ronan, we have the likes of David Shanahan playing for Georgia Tech, who came through Pro Kick Australia. So from your perspective, how big of a pool of potential college football and indeed NFL players are in Ireland right now? So without, okay, so without having been as obviously, like no, not being on the ground there, just from an outsider's perspective, I feel like what you're seeing is kind of where and I hesitate to say this because Australia has really, you know, we, we have a bit of our academy down there. They've obviously produced yeah. some very high level players, but Ireland seems like it's almost like a sleeping giant that you have these big, strong athletes who are natural ball strikers that have just not been introduced to the sport. I don't want to say properly, right. But fully where they, where there's a position that essentially fits your guys' natural skill set. Right. You have soccer players. I mean, so I think Ireland and the UK in general, I mean, Jamie Gillen coming from Inverness. Right. Um, There is a lot of talent over there that I think has never just shifted its thought process to to American football. So, you know, you're talking now about expanding the punch factory into the UK, potentially. Is Ireland a market that you're going to look at now that we've kind of realized, hang on a second, there's this whole untapped vein of potential college football punters and kickers just waiting to be to be tapped? So one thing about kicking coaching, right, and it's kind of interesting and it will kind of bring to light, you guys have a guy there called Tag, Tag Leader, 
right now that's doing a really good job. The 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 Pond Factory, we we've talked about going into the UK for a while. And I've talked to Jamie about it. So I've, I've coached Jamie for a couple of years, obviously. And I know he, he go, he's been back a few times kind of pre and post COVID to do some NFL UK work in, in Scotland with the rugby teams. But the, the guy that I'm looking to, to work with a kid, a kid called Brad out of London is um, he, he's, his brand is called United kicking, but there's a lot more kickers than punters, right? Because there's not been a lot of punting coaching. He's actually really close with, with leader. So it's one of those things when I say kind of kicking coaches are territorial, it's like if there was ever a time, I'll put it like this, that, that I could help or partner or do a camp with, you know, leader or lend an expertise in any way from a, a punt kind of expert coaching, I would love to do that because I think that there's a lot of room there. But I think we're, we're mo- mostly going to start out of London for now just because Brad has a base there. And I've, I've talked a little bit to Jamie about maybe in the offseason trying to do some stuff in Scotland. and um, But I mostly just, as a coach, you know, number one, just want to try to bring, like you said, special teams and football to a part of the world where, I mean, I feel like it's with the NFL in, in London, it, like it's right on the cusp of just absolutely blowing yeah, up. Absolutely. And you got yeah. a great kicking coach there. So, I mean, if I ever got a chance – and if he watches this, man, I'd love to – I know he's close to Brad, but I'd, I'd love to help whoever I can because Ireland is a beautiful place. But you've actually spent some time here as well. And before before we started recording, you were telling me you had a, a tryout with my own Drogheda United back in the day. So <laughs> I told you yeah, – I told you – I told you I'd bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I went three times. I played four years uh, goalkeeper professionally once I was done with football. And um, I went – uh, with Drahada in 14. And then in 16, I went and did like a, a Bray Limerick Galway Sligo trial. Um, and then I went back one more time at the ripe age of 30, 31 and was with Sligo for another couple of weeks. Um, but it, not having a visa, who would have known that that's, that makes it hard to sign you. But like, I just think the country in general is one of the most beautiful. I just think it's an amazing place. I, I very much enjoyed, you know, being there and staying there. And um, there's a gym I really like called, I think it's called the Ivy right in Dublin. Um, okay. I, the food is, I, I, I can't say enough beautiful things about your country. And I, I do think it's going to be really cool to see how football takes off there, um, you know, moving forward. Yeah, we're definitely seeing the popularity increasing year on year, I mean, even since I've been involved in American football. Um, in terms of, though, potential kickers, if there are any potential you know, kickers considering taking up American football uh, listening in, do you think that GA players or rugby players are more suited to be, you know, out of, out of the two of them, which skill set fits the, the skill set required for college punters or kickers the most? You know... <sighs> It's an interesting one because I think you have the best of both worlds. Like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but G- Gaelic football, right? You, you, the the ball's in their hands quite a bit, right? Mm, yeah. So the 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 movement, the muscle memory of ball from hand down to foot is obviously just by nature a lot more translated to punting. Obviously, why like the Australian rules football guys translate into punting because it's moving around with the ball in your hands and then dropping it to your foot, right? Typically with the rugby players, we'll see a lot more of them become kickers because they kick off the ground quite a bit and they have to get lift. But 
you know, if you're a six foot two, six foot three athlete who can just kick things, you can be trained either way. But typically we'll see rugby go off the place kicking and we'll see the, the, um, I guess in, in from Ireland, the GA guys go into the punting just because of the ball from hand to foot. Um, but I'm sure again, talented enough, if you can strike a ball, you know, with some proper coaching, you can get yeah. into either. Absolutely. I mean, looking at Ross Bolger from a GA, a, almost a purely GA background, I believe he's serving as Idaho State's kicker and punter. So best of both worlds there. Um, and personally, I, I'm, I'm sure you've watched him on tape, Aaron, and you've analyzed in, in more detail than what we could see with the naked eye. But I can kind of tell already that he's going to be the next in, in, in a long line of, uh, of future NFL stars from Ireland. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what, right? The NFL is such an interesting game. And one thing that we are doing very well here is we're ex- like, wouldn't call them farm leagues, Jimmy, but obviously the XFL, the USFL. Now there's more opportunity. And I think with Ireland, with the international card, it opens up Canada a lot more as well. But, but you're, there's more avenues to now become a professional in this sport than there's been in, in a really long time. Um, like I said, Dan coming from the XFL. So, you know, I think that, you know, a guy like Ross and just Irish kids in general, again, if, if they watch this and it's something that they have any interest in, pursue it. Because, you know, we've got 890, I should know this number, 897, something like that, college football programs, right? About 225 are Division One, right? Where yeah. Division Two, you can get scholarship money. Division three, you can get academic scholarship money. NAIA, you can get athletic and academic junior college or scholarship. I mean, it's there's more opportunity now to come here to play and then to take it to a level, you know, than there's ever been. So, I mean, to be an international player, I mean, and also now compared to 10, 15 years ago, it's so much more accepted and understood and embraced, right, than it's ever been. Yeah. And Dan is a huge reason for that as well. Yeah. So outside of Dan, can you tell us about some of the more noteworthy NFL punters that you've coached? Obviously, you mentioned the Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen there, but anyone else that, that our listeners might be familiar with? So currently, um, guys that I would say, you know, hey, that, you know, they've come through the Pump Factory Academy would be Dan. Um, and then right across his biggest rival, there's a, a young man called Ryan Wright, who's the current punter for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So Ryan went to Tulane. We met when he was in college. Um, and then we trained a bit during COVID. And ironically, when they were done in college, him and Dan, I, I hosted this like week-long NFL prep combine week. And two of the three boys were Dan and Ryan. <laughs> and now they're both playing. And actually, Ryan was one of the first people to text me. He said, Holy crap, send me Dan's number now. I need to make sure this is real and then congratulate. <laughs> so there's a hefty built-in rivalry there. Um, the other boy would be Jake Bailey, who was with the New England Patriots. Now he's with the Dolphins. Yeah. So Jamie, Dan, Ryan, and Jake are the big four. There's one other guy, Colby Wadman, who was in the USFL last year. He just had a couple – he actually worked out for the Eagles this week. I think he'll be back in soon, and that that would make five. But um, you know, and I don't know if you can see it, but I've got their jerseys there. Nice. A couple of the boys. That's Jamie and uh, and Colby played against each other. 
and I went and watched. But yeah, those, those are the four right now um, at the NFL level. Um, and super proud of them, man. And um, as a coach, there must be a massive sense of pride and accomplishment in seeing something that you built lead to you know something that that's that's as big as the NFL. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than the NFL. So for you as as their coach, I mean, how how does it just feel seeing those boys play week in week out on Sundays? I, I always like one of my models, right? One of the business kind of mottos is I want them to have a better experience than I ever had, right? Everyone. And I had a pretty damn good experience. So for them to get to that level and where they got the jets flying over every game before pregame and the national anthem, I mean, like I said, I've got a five-year-old boy, Finley. Ironically, we, our first trip together was to Ireland, my wife and I. Um, and so we gave an Irish name, but we, like for for him to have the boys coming into the house for training and for that, like there's no more special feeling as a coach, as a father, as a, you know, and at that age as a friend to these guys, as a mentor, where it's just like, dude, you you did it. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, the work is just starting. You know, yeah. with, with their conversation was, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Okay. What are you struggling with lately? What can we work on? How can I help? You know, but I always, you have to have that moment both them and for me of reflection of like, dude, this is, if nothing else happens, this is one of the greatest accomplishments in sport is getting to the highest level and, and playing Absolutely. there. May it last forever. You know, may there, may he be there for 20 years. Absolutely. Uh, I've one last question for you, Aaron, before I let you go and uh, apologies again for the technical difficulties. There's, there's oh, always good. something gremlins. So obviously you play for the Bruins back in your playing days in the, the pack 10 subsequently the Pac-12, and now it's been decimated down to the Pac-2. So with all the, the shifting and changing taking place in college football, who's your pick for the national championship this year? <laughs> well, not UCLA, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we beat Coastal Carolina tonight as 17-point favorites. Um, unfor- uh, and again, it's, it's becoming a, a more – listen, if you have the money – to get the best recruits now, unfortunately, that's what it's becoming, right? With NIL, which is great for the player, but probably one of, and I haven't looked at the rankings. I I typically, Jimmy, now, I don't even look at who's playing. I look at which of my guys, because we've got probably between 100 and 200 kids at the college level at all levels that are starting. So I'm kind of like, who's the D2, you know, who's he playing against this weekend? Where can I watch it or D1? But yeah. I would assume probably Georgia or Alabama, one of those two teams, it seems like they're, you know, and we saw what happened when, not to badmouth the Horn Frogs, but when an outlier got in, they got absolutely massacred. Yeah, I remember. So probably Georgia or Alabama, man. Who's who's your pick? I, I, I know you're an Irish fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm cautiously optimistic. We always have trouble with the big games, um, but now we have we have a an absolute dog in Sam Hartman, and I'm looking forward to to seeing what kind of a difference he can make, um, and if we can get if we can get something going, I think Notre Dame have always been there or thereabouts. They've always been missing that one key piece, which is the quarterback. So, getting to see him up close and playing in Dublin was pretty cool to to start off the season. One of the best memories I have from from playing college football. I, I don't know if I mentioned this was we we played at Notre Dame my sophomore year, and running out of the tunnel when they were playing that fight song. Uh, <laughs> seeing the little leprechaun that <laughs> and that was when they had the famous grass the really yeah. long there were mushrooms growing in the end zone i mean it was wild 
But one of the hands down best experiences of my career was getting to play there. I mean, that is a holy is the wrong word, but that's that doesn't get yeah. more hallowed than Notre Dame Stadium. You know, seeing the little uh, touchdown Jesus and we all asked collectively if we could go see the sign that's behind you. And they told us to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, man, I just I had to mention that to you because it's if there's any other place I could have ever played, Notre Dame probably would have been in. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I've, I've, going back over now for my fourth trip to South Bend in October, it's definitely a, it's definitely a special place. Absolutely, man. Well, um, like I said, man, I, I think the one thing we can both agree on is that Ireland's going to be a lot more in tune to the games now, and obviously, him playing for such a storied franchise like the Packers, um, I'm sure uh, you know Dan would appreciate the, the you know you taking the time to ask about him and his story and. If there's anything else moving forward I can help with or fill you in on, man, just let me know. Yeah, absolutely. And for any aspiring NFL or college punters or kickers in Ireland watching this, make sure to drop Aaron a follow on Instagram and on Twitter yeah. for a for some insights at the Point Factory on both those social media channels. Aaron, listen, thank you so much for your time. Really, really enjoyed our conversation and all the best of the future. Jimmy, thank you, man. God bless. And I look forward to seeing you, seeing you sometime soon, brother. Take care.